Welcome to episode 97 of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. On today's episode, we're going to talk about cheat meals. What are they? Are they a good idea? Do I use them? Should you use them? What are the pros and cons? Let's talk about it. So as soon as I went to record this episode, of course, someone here in the neighborhood right by decided to start doing, I don't know what they're doing to the lawn, mowing, trimming the edges. So there's this constant humming. <laughs> but uh, I am a firm believer in done. <laughs> done is better, right? So done is better than perfect. So I'm just going to get this done, get this out into the world. I'm sorry if you hear humming behind me. You're not hearing dog yapping though, because the dog just finally settled down. Puppy update. Let's start there. So our little puppy, Lily May, she is a mini golden doodles. If you hadn't heard, we just adopted a puppy. She has been with us a little over two weeks, like two weeks and a couple of days. She is 12 weeks old this week. Uh, side note, we adopted her from a lovely farm in South Carolina, um, Red Mission Golden Doodles. So if you're looking for a puppy, cannot recommend them highly enough. Just we could not have had a better experience with them. And our puppy is sweet, sweet, sweet. So Lily May, 12 weeks old, she's been with us two weeks. We are complete newbies to dog ownership. Both my husband and I have not owned dogs since we were children. And so we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> Literally no idea what we're doing. And every day I feel a little more um, out of my league with this dog. She is super friendly, which I love. She rolls over on her back and wants belly rubs all the time. She wants to play. We've introduced her to a few dogs who are friends of ours. And oh my goodness, she just wants to play. It is fun to watch as she pounces and bounds around the living room. It's really, really sweet. She's doing much better with walking now. We did get the go ahead to have her walk in the neighborhood. She's had enough vaccines now, but she was just so, and I don't know if this is more of like, I need to be better trained, right? So somebody needs to train me how you walk a dog or if she needed to just get past this super newborn puppy stage, she could not keep her focus, her attention to save her life. So we're talking, she wanted to sniff every blade of grass. <laughs> and after a 10 minute walk, my house was like, I don't know, 50 feet away <laughs> after 10 minutes. It was really cute, but very painful for actually trying to take a walk. I have since, um, again, we go outside with her on the leash and we play in the yard and um, practicing with her there. My daughter and I decided to try bringing dog treats out one day. We actually bought turkey, um, just like some lunch meat, and <laughs> she likes it a lot. And so my daughter would hold the leash and walk. I would walk out in front of her and then every you know, sorry, like every five feet, I'd give her a bite of turkey. And then we kind of moved up to every 10 feet. We made it a little bit further. We made it about three houses down. So that was good, but it was still very laborious. Just this week, she made it all the way around our circle. It's pretty, it's about a 15 minute walk and she made it all the way around. My mom was with me and my stepdad and my sister. And what we realized is one, she really likes to follow her pack. So she likes she likes multiple people out in front of her, and so we would have my my sister would stay out in front of her. My mom was walking her, and then I was out in front of her, and I had the treats, and she would follow my sister, and then I would give her a treat. And we started with like every ten feet, and then we were able to extend it. 
and she was walking and walking, did not get distracted. If she started to get distracted, I would call her name and show her the treat and make her keep walking a bit and then give her a treat. Made it the full way around. So that's my puppy update. She unfortunately is in at what one of my clients calls the alligator stage. Wow, she hurts. She bites everything, particularly people. Anything that hangs. My daughter wears a lot of jeans that are ripped, and she's always and forever eating my daughter's jeans. If you're wearing shoes, she'll eat your shoelaces. Um, my sister was wearing a sweater that had like these dangly edges. She latched onto that. The edges of blankets. So we had to be very careful about what's dangling. And then um, she won't let go. She will not let go. So we talked to our trainer. We started taking her to a trainer. And the first stage, he said, is what we have to do if she bites us is we have to yelp like a puppy. <laughs> and then we have to walk away and hide from her for 10 to 20 seconds. It's kind of hard to do when she's literally physically attached to you. So I have to shove something else in her mouth, like her little bully stick or something, shove it in her mouth, and then yelp, which I made him, I made him, I said on the phone, I'm like, can you explain to me what, what does that sound like? <laughs> What does a puppy yelping? So really, it's literally like, oh, <laughs> and then we have to get up and move, and move away. And he said, that is her punishment is that we, she doesn't get our attention. She loses us, but it's literally 10, 15, 20 seconds maximum. She can't see us. And then we come back. She's starting to get it, but not, not totally. What we've noticed is she's at least starting to connect because I'll watch her, you know, bite one of my kids and they do it. And I watch her reaction and she'll, she'll look surprised and like she's acknowledging like, oh, they're walking away from me. She's noticing it. It's not stopping her yet though. We're hoping that that will come soon. We're hoping the trainer's going to help us next time with the drop command so we can get her off our sweaters, shoes, <laughs> etc. It's an adventure. That's what I'm saying. Lily Mae, the golden doodle is an adventure. This is not the topic of our podcast today. Just wanted to fill you in on that because so many people have been interested. Today's topic is cheat days. Have you done a cheat day? I'm sure you've heard of cheat days. So we're going to talk about it. Are they, is it a good idea to do cheat days? Is it a bad idea? What should you be doing? So many people get this idea. A lot of bodybuilders do this. So if you've read any bodybuilding content, you'll see this. They have these epic cheat days, right? And they're you're talking like stacks and stacks of pancakes and donuts and pizza and it just goes on and on and on for the whole day now some people do more cheat meals um, and similar to what i described but it's a single meal when i first began my transformation from overweight gym newbie to the gym bro life and fully embracing that i did cheat days uh, I tended more toward the cheat meal, but my official plan was these cheat days. So I've, I've, I've shared the story with you here before, and I'll have to look and see what episode it is. I shared the full story about how when I got into training, um, there was a young man living with us, and I was his ride to the gym, and he started training me. And he was the one who told me what to do with my training, what to do with my nutrition. And his setup for us was that Monday through Friday, we ate, I'm going to use air quotes, clean, and then um, on the weekend, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, we could have our cheat days and we could eat whatever we wanted. Now, he was a 19-year-old boy, um, was fairly lean. Um, you know, he could he could eat more than I could as an overweight uh, woman. It was just easier for him. I tended to have um, a treat per day for the course of the weekend. So I'd have a treat on a Friday night and a treat something on you know, this this little cheat on a Saturday and then maybe again on Sunday. It was not the entire day. 
it was more often than not um, two, if not three of the weekend dose, however. And then I didn't eat any of that stuff all week. I did not eat chocolate. And if I wanted chocolate, I would save it. So if somebody like gave me a cupcake, I would save it for the weekend for my cheat days. That was kind of my setup. So is this a good way to lose weight? Let's break down the pros and cons. Do you love a good pros and cons list? I do. So pros. One of the pros is that most of the time, if you follow this type of a structure, this cheat day or cheat meal structure, most of the time you are eating minimally processed, nutrient-dense food. So that's a good thing, right? We want you doing that. Fruit, vegetable, lean protein, whole grains. We want that for you. And that is what most of the days will be like if you're doing a cheat meal kind of plan, a cheat day kind of plan. Another pro you can fit in all the food you want. There's no off-limit food, okay? On the days that you have your cheat days, anything goes. You want pizza, you get pizza. You want Chinese food, you get Chinese food. Anything goes. There's no banned food. You know, it's not like I can't eat donuts, right? It's not like the Whole30 kind of approach. So that's a good thing that no food is off-limit. That's really the only pros I can come up with, ladies. The cons. One, it is insanely easy to overeat on a cheat day and knock yourself right out of your deficit. You hear me talk a lot about how we are really good at underestimating how many calories are in the foods we eat. So if you're not careful, a cheat day can literally eat up the deficit you spent five days creating. You know, if you have um, the non-cheat days in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then let's say Saturday is your cheat day, you could eat up your entire 250 to 500 calorie daily deficit in that Saturday, right? Let's say if it, even if you're doing 500 calories, so we're talking, okay, I can't do math well on the fly. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's 2,500 calories plus your regular calories that you allot for Saturday. So, you know, that's not that many. We're talking if you ate 4,000 calories, 4,500 calories in a day, uh, you could eat up your deficit. Do we want to do this? Obviously not. It's not going to help us lose weight. And you might be like, how the heck am I eating that much food? You could absolutely do it if you had a whole cheat day. If you had stacks of pancake for breakfast and then you went for donuts and you had your, and you had some soda and you had um, alcohol and you had pizza for lunch. And then, you know, you go out for dinner and then you have buckets of popcorn at night. You absolutely could eat up your deficit if you're not careful. So that is definitely a con. Um, another con is that this type of setup where you have cheat days very much promotes the on-again, off-again mentality of nutrition, right? I'm on a diet, I'm on a cheat day. I'm eating healthy food, I'm eating cheat food. That's very much this yo-yoing on-again, off-again situation, which is not ideal. Another con it promotes moral thinking around food, assigning moral value to food. So if we are cheating, that food is bad food, right? So that means there's bad food and there's good food. There's junk food and there's clean food. This is, it, first of all, it doesn't make any sense. Food does not have moral value and we shouldn't be assigning it to it. But if we do in this format, one of the things that comes along with that is guilt. We have food guilt. We have fear around eating this food. We can create nervousness around eating certain foods because they're bad foods. They're cheat foods. This can lead to a very unhealthy relationship with food. You know, there's no way around the fact that the word cheating is a negative. 
right? Can you think of a single time that cheating is used positively? You're cheating on a test, cheating on a spouse, cheating in a game. The cheater is in the wrong, immoral even. Do we want that association with food? If it's a cheat day, if we're cheating, what does that make us? That makes us cheaters. Do we want you labeling yourself as a cheater because you ate ice cream? Okay, you didn't sleep with the pool boy, you had a Snickers. It's just not the same thing. It's not the same thing. So that negative mentality around being a cheater is definitely a con. In my estimation, these cons far outweigh the pros. And there's just other ways to handle this in what is my opinion better. So what do I suggest? One good option is calorie cycling. Now, if you don't know what calorie cycling is, what it basically means is that some days you eat higher calories and some days you eat fewer calories. Okay, so some days more calories, some days less calories. You can structure that in multiple different ways. Let's wait for this loud truck to go by. There it goes. So you can structure this in, in several different ways. One way you could structure this is to have, um, you, you could have four lower calorie days in a seven day week and three higher calorie days. You could tie those higher calorie days to when you have special events, when you're going out to dinner, when you have a party. You could alternatively tie those higher calorie days to your workout days. Many people like to do that, not a must, but is a way to do it. You could also use a 5-2 kind of alternating um, calorie cycling formula wherein five days of the week you ate lower calorie and two days of the week you ate higher calorie. You could have those be the weekend days if that's what works better for you. Um, my coach Jordan uh, Syatt calls this the weekend warrior calorie cycling deficit. So you have five days of the week that are lower and then your weekend days are higher and that's going to afford you more calories. So in essence, you could be having this cheat, but I wouldn't even call it a cheat, this kind of treat meal because you have more calories, but it comes with all without all that excess baggage we just described about, about having these cheat or treat days. Um, if that doesn't work super well for you doing it on the weekend, it doesn't have to be on a weekend. It can be any days you would like. Moral judgment is just not part of the equation and it's about math, right? It's about total calories and cycling some days lower, some days higher. It's also about nutritional compromises. Deciding what you will have on some days means if you're going to have, um, I don't know why Snickers is so on my mind. Maybe I need a Snickers sometime soon. If you're going to have Snickers, maybe that means you don't have calories for extra avocado on your um, salad if it's a low calorie day. And maybe on a high calorie day, you could fit both of those things in. And you'll get to make those nutritional compromises as you go. <coughs> Excuse me. Now, whether you're calorie cycling or not, you could decide to eat more treats in um, a daily basis or less frequently. Okay, so what I mean by that, some people do this thing where they have a little treat each day, like an after-dinner treat. Uh, my friend Rachel Schwartz, uh, she's coach, Rachel, Rachel Schwartz Nutrition. I see her promoting this a lot, uh, and there's zero wrong with this. She has a treat every night after dessert, after dessert, after dinner. She has dessert every night, so a little bit of chocolate is usually what I see her having. Some people work really, really well with that. I've had clients very successful with that. They have a small bowl of ice cream every night. They have a bowl of popcorn every night. They have this treat every single day, and doing that 
really helps them to maintain consistency with their nutrition plan. It can work really well. It's not a treat. It's not a cheat. It's just part of their plan. For other people, myself included, we do better having treats less frequently. Okay, so whether that's every few days or once a week or even less frequently, there's no correct amount. I typically have a treat one to two times per week, sometimes more, sometimes less. And this is all when I'm in a deficit phase. When I'm seeking to lose weight, I usually have a treat one to two times per week. Now, that doesn't mean that the rest of the time I'm eating steamed broccoli and boiled chicken for every meal. I make sure that my meals are enjoyable and satisfying and that they have enough calories. I love my rice cakes with peanut butter. I love them. I don't care. I know some people are like, rice cakes are diet food. I think rice cakes are delicious. They're like just the right vehicle because they're so crunchy for all kinds of things. I personally prefer peanut butter. I get stoked to eat my baked oatmeal with raspberries. Like I love it. I don't feel like I'm depriving myself and just like, you know, white knuckling it through till treat day. Um, I'm jumping for joy. But the doctor said that I could add chocolate back into my diet. You know, I had to, to nix chocolate to help heal my vocal cords. And I'm allowed to add chocolate back in. And the main way I'm doing that right now is not with Kit Kats. Um, I'm enjoying a daily hot chocolate uh, made with protein. Protein, not protein powder, like a pre-made protein shake. I heat, the, here's the recipe, right? Write this down. It's super complicated. <laughs> I take a pre-made protein shake. I use Premier brand. I've also used the pure protein brand. I don't like the taste as much. You can use whichever one you like. I dump it into a mug and I microwave it for a minute and 30 seconds. If you go too long and you'll have to judge what is too long in your microwave, you want the sweet spot where it's hot enough, but you don't go so long that you start to get this skin on top. That's a gross word for it, but that really is what it's like. Um, If you do get the skin on top, you can literally just take your spoon and scoop that off and chuck it in the sink or the garbage. Um, So you get it nice and hot and then you add a dollop of whipped cream on top. I use Ready Whip on there. I love that. It is delicious. So that don't really count that as like um, a treat. It's literally a protein shake. I guess technically, you know, you could include the whipped cream, a little bit of whipped cream as as like kind of a, a treat thing. Not that we have to label every single thing. My point being is that I don't have things like ice cream and pizza or even a little bit of chocolate every single day. I do better on my plan. I stay more consistent if I'm not having chocolate every day. Like I'm not having brownies, cookies, cake, french fries, all of that kind of stuff every day. I personally remain more consistent if I have those things one to two times per week and fit those in. You should try out what works for you. You could do an experiment. You could try daily treats for two, three, or four weeks. So every day, you have a little bit of chocolate or whatever, whatever does it for you. Do that every day and do it for several weeks, minimum two weeks. I would say up to three or four weeks. See how that helps you adhere. Does that seem like it's helping you adhere? Does it seem like it's causing you to just crave things more and want to eat more? Are you having a hard time because these hyperpalatable foods are literally designed for us to overeat them and you're struggling to just stick with the portion you have? Is that the experience you're having or are you finding like, wow, like I really am consistent when I have this little thing to look forward to? Then you could go for a period of time. Again, I would say minimum two weeks where you try out the one to two times per week having a little chocolate or whatever the thing is you like to have. Okay, try that Try that format where you do that one or two times per week and see which one is a better fit for you. Decide which helps you be more adherent to your plan. You're an individual. 
all pieces of your nutrition plan should be tailored to you. So run these kind of experiments on yourself and give yourself a good chunk of weeks to see what works best for you. What works best for you is not going to work best for someone else. I do think it's an important thing. And I do think it's best practice for everyone to not have the mentality um, around certain foods being good and certain foods being bad, to not buy into that kind of language. Um, so we are not having this associated food guilt and that we can just disassociate ourselves from that. So that is what I would say about that piece of it. I'd be really interested to hear your thoughts on this. Do me a favor, tag me on Instagram when you're having your treats and let me know how is this going for you? How do these experiments go? And then let's talk about it. All right, catch you next time. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> If you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.